Okay, I was reflecting as we were worshiping, especially with the last song, just our asking the Lord to help us become more aware of his presence. I was just thinking, like, God always hears his children. And very good. So I just wanted to share that truth. And perhaps you've thought about, before coming to this weekend, you've thought about, like, oh, where am I at? What am I hoping for from this weekend? But a very wise man told us recently that we don't get because we don't ask. Like, we, we often don't ask the Lord. And so just an encouragement for you to kind of consider God always hears you, and he does respond. And um, if you haven't, maybe consider, like, what do you want of the Lord this weekend? Is it, Lord, help me become more aware of your presence. Lord, I think I might need to be restored. I don't know exactly what I want, but I maybe some rest or maybe some, like, do something new. So I wanted to offer that to us before we get too far into the weekend that we take a moment sometime tonight and ask the Lord in your own heart, what do you want him to do for you this weekend? That's, That's good. my thought. That's really good. That's a good yeah. thought. I'm going to read some. Two kingdoms. Here we go. Um, Anne's going to intro it, so I'm not going to say much. Um, but what I'm going to say is... I'll shed more tomorrow on it because we're going to keep rolling. But uh, humility is like number one. We'll, we'll dig into John 9 tomorrow. It's a pretty good one. Um, it wasn't, I didn't write it. Not me, John. Really, John. And uh, not Packer 9, John 9. Um, Packer 9 says something totally different. It's not about Prisby. Um, so, but it's, it's humility. So it's the man born blind. And I just want to invite us, as we're kind of coming, it's like, like, humility. Humility, humility. Lord, like, what do you have for me? Because if we're going to have our eyes open, if he's going to show us something new, we can't come in with the answers. It doesn't work that way. Because you guys track with me? And there's, some, there's maybe some things said. Um, the Holy Spirit wants to work. He wants to speak. And humility is a good place to start as we launch out together. So that's all I really had. So, you can so yeah. Anna Stevenson's going to give her first talk. You can come on up. And this talk is introducing um, this two kingdoms. This is going to have to go down. What? It doesn't go down. Oh, that's it. We'll get the other one. Yeah, Anna. Yeah. So, John and I served together for one year when I first came on staff, and then he left. He had one good time with us making pizzas, and then he left because there was a lovely woman in Kansas City, and that was Anna. And then, three years later, they both came back, and it was a long-term play. And um, I just was, Anna came back with John, and ever since then, it's just been like, personally speaking, such a joy. It was like, I got a brother back, but I got a sister in the Lord, too. And Anna is an incredible woman, if you don't know her. Um, you should try to get to know her because she is an awesome woman. And I, just a few things I think I've ex- I want to share. Just honor you for your wisdom and honor you, too, for you have, like, a fierceness about you that 
you're like small but mighty. And I just really love it. I think it's a side that people don't often get to see unless they like spend time with you. But just so you guys all know, Anna is a very tenacious and woman after the Lord's heart. And so she is like a perfect person to speak with us this evening about the two kingdoms that we find ourselves between, or hopefully one of them we find ourselves in, actually. So let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Holy Spirit, we do welcome you here. We ask you to fall on us. Lord, we open our hearts to you this evening. Would you speak a word to us? We ask for your blessing on your daughter Anna, that you would open her mouth, that she would speak the words that you have for her to speak. Um, give her your peace and joy as she shares with us, and help us to be receptive. Amen. Amen. You don't need this. Okay. All right, here we go. Friday night of formation retreats. Some of us are excited to be here. <laughs> yeah? It's okay. Excitement isn't a virtue, so if you're not, that's fine. Um, all right. So we're just going to jump right into this. Two kingdoms is the theme, which I like. It's kind of fun. You're like, ooh, two kingdoms. I think I know what that's about, but do I really? We're going to find out. Um, so why are we here? That's a real question, why are you here? Anybody want to? On earth or Why are you here right now? Yeah. Or on earth. I mean, we can be super abstract about it. Uh, it's okay. I mean, there are dumb answers, but you can say them. You were told to be here, okay? You were required to be here, a little stronger than told. We're hungry to be here. We're hungry. Some of us are hungry to be here. Some of us might just be hungry. Um, yeah. Someone's really holy. Someone wants someone else to be holy. Um, who here is perfect? Nice. You guys are good. Um, I was practicing this with my kids, and they both raised their hands. So I was like, all right, be like little children. Um, yeah, what's, what's stopping us? You know, what's stopping us from being perfect? What's stopping us from being good? That's another real question. Does anyone have any answers? Sin. That's fun, Yeah. My inclination to sin. Inclination to sin. Okay, so we have some me problems. Anything else? Fear. Fear. Pride. Sinful nature. Sinful nature. Oh, yeah, we're getting Catholic here. Um, some con concupin concupiscence. 
concupiscence. Yeah, we got some concupiscence. Concupiscence. Oh. <laughs> you guys get me, right? We got some problems. We got some in here problems. You know, maybe there's some out there problems. You know, like out there, but also, you know, other people might have some problems too. Um, that was nice of you guys not to go there. We started with ourselves. That was your charitable group. Um, but, you know, there's some, some we problems, some me problems, some world problems. Um, and, I, and I think it's not a shocker, right? It's not really necessarily a Christian or a Catholic thought. I think if you were to talk to your neighbor, they would say, yeah, there's some me problems. There's some we problems. There's some world problems. You'd probably disagree, maybe, on, on what those were. But I think that's not, nece- that's not necessarily a Catholic thought. Um, I have some me problems. And I have some we problems. I, uh, I was a patient person once upon a time. <laughs> um, I really was. I didn't think I was. I was actually a patient person. And then... I got two hours of sleep and was holding a screaming baby and had another screaming person on the floor. It wasn't John. And they were crying because I cut their banana the wrong way. And I wasn't so much of a patient person anymore. But if I wasn't a mother, (laughs) I'd be a lot more patient. Um, yeah, you should think about that, right? Okay, that should sit funny with you. I'm glad it did. I, you guys are feeling, feeling it. Um, speaking of motherhood, it's nighttime. And do you know what we do at nighttime at my house? We go to bed. We go to bed. <laughs> we turn it up. Um, we tell stories. So are, you, are you guys ready for a story? Yes. Okay. This is a story from Second Kings. Disclaimer, 2 Kings is a wild book. This is not the book of the Bible you want to play like Bible roulette with. You just like, you got to approach it with some caution. But we're going to dive right in today. Um, So 2 Kings 6, 8 says, Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. Very specific man. Um, But the man of God, so this is Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place of which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. Okay, so basically the king's trying to attack Israel. Elisha's like telling him the inside scoop. And um, it's getting the other king frustrated because the king of Israel keeps escaping. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and basically said to them, who's the traitor? You know, one of you's Talon, one of you's the snitch. And they're like, no, we're not, we're not. It's, uh, it's this Elisha guy. He's telling, he's telling the king of Israel these things that, that you're whispering in your bedroom. And the, the okay, guys. Um, and then uh, the king of Syria believed them, and so he came up with a plan. He says, where is he now? Um, behold, he's in Dothan. And they sent 
their horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God, so when Elisha's servant rose up early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was round the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, this is Elisha, he said, Fear not, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And at this point, you can imagine the servant's looking around and he's saying, I don't think so. This is not what I'm seeing right now. I am seeing that we are surrounded and I am seeing that they are a lot more than us. Um, Got to read in between the lines a little bit there, but we have permission to do that. So, um, so he says, fear not. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes so that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was filled full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And then a lot of crazy stuff happened. Um, the point of this is we're like the servant, right? We're like the servant, and we don't always see the realities around us. We don't always see particularly the spiritual realities around us. And so that, that's our prayer for tonight and for the prayer for a whole retreat of, Lord, open our eyes. Let us see. Let us see that those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Lord, open our eyes to reality. Because, you see, we're born into a story, right? I think we know this story. Genesis, six days of creation, seventh day rested, all was good. There's light and darkness. There's birds and fish of the sea and all kinds of things. And then there's man, humankind created in the image and likeness of God, man and woman. He made them and they lived in this perfect paradise. And God looked and he said it was all good, right? You track in, you've heard this story before. They were good. They didn't have the, like, me problems yet. They lived in literal paradise, so there weren't so many out there problems yet. And then the serpent came. Wait a second. The serpent came? Where's that? Where did that happen? There's, there's another character here. So we need to back way up, right? And I don't know if you've thought about this, because I don't think we often think about this. We think of all of creation, and we think of us, and then we think of God. But there's a lot between quantum strands and us, right? You know, there's your single-celled organisms, and your plants, and your animals, and then there's us. And the church is clear that there's a lot between us and God. There's a whole heavenly host, these beings that are called angels. And when God created, God created these angels and these angels, there's like a whole host. So there's like archangels and cherubim and seraphim. And that's not what this talks about, but it's kind of cool. Um, so anyways, our story, angels created, created good, and they fully knew because they are different than us. They fully knew who God was, and they fully saw who God was, and they had complete free choice because 
they weren't dealing with the whole space-time reality in the same way we are. And some of those angels, one in particular, the bearer of light, he saw God for who God was, and he said, no, I don't want this. I don't want you. And he fell, and that is, that is who we call the devil, the tempter, the fallen angel. And angels followed him. The church is clear about this. So that's where we come into the story. Adam and Eve were born into a cosmic conflict that was already happening, right? Do you guys think you'd be talking about cosmic conflict on your Friday night? You know? Sounds like a bar some people are probably at. But we are here, and we are talking about a cosmic conflict, and this is the story that Adam and Eve were born into, and this is the story that we are born into. And there's a lot of mystery around this conflict, right? Because it seems like it would be a pretty easy conflict. You have the Almighty Creator, God, who is above all things, in all things, beyond all majesty, and then you have this angel who's got some stuff going for him, but he's created, you know? Creator wins this fight every time, right? And it's a mystery. It's a mystery why this battle is still going on. You know, these are not equal kingdoms by any means. Not equal kingdoms at all. And it has a lot to do with a lot of things. It has a lot to do with free will. It has a lot to do with the fullness of time. It has a lot to do with mystery. A lot to do with creation. It's a lot to do with us choosing the tree of knowledge and not the tree of life. There's two trees. Um, but it has very much to do with where the battle is and what the kingdoms are. And if the battle was out there, it would be over right away, you know? Over right away. And we see a glimpse of this with the story of Noah, which is another wild story. But there was a lot out there. There was a lot of sin. There was a lot of craziness happening in the world. And then it was gone. It was wiped out. And there was eight to eight in the ark, and they began anew. And what happened to them? The same thing that happened to Adam and Eve. It was sin, right? It was sin. So it isn't just a matter of getting all that out there stuff out of the way, and it's not even necessarily a matter of getting all the in here stuff out, worked out, although those are really important. It has very much to do with where the battle is, and the battle is in our hearts, right? This isn't a power struggle. It's not a power struggle between two kingdoms of equal power. It's a truth struggle. It's a truth struggle, and it's a freedom struggle, and it's a heart issue, and it's a mind issue, and it's a will issue. Galatians 5, 1 through 8, For freedom Christ has set us free, so stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of bondage. Romans 8, 21, Creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Right? This is a truth struggle. And it's a true struggle that we are born into. This is our story now. Our story in our hearts. Um, are you tracking? Are you tracking? All right. Um, World War II. It happened. Um, 
I think we're familiar with it. We're, we're fortunately not, not really familiar with war. You know, we haven't, we haven't really grown up in a time of, of war and conflict, but World War II, so horrible and tragic, and, um, but it helps, it helps give us a picture, and it's familiar enough to us. Um, September 1st, 1939, Hitler's troops invade Poland. Two days later, the UK declares war in Germany. May 1940, the Nazi machine rolls west over Belgium and France, drives the Allies to the sea, broods over England, which now stands alone against 2,000 miles of en enemy coastline. The entire UK is engulfed in total war, and it readies for an invasion. They have coastal fortifications. Hundreds of thousands of men are enlisted. Those who aren't enlisted stay back and train for gas attacks. Everything down to pots and pans being collected for aircraft material. If you were a citizen, you were at war. If you were a citizen, you were at war. It wasn't if, if you'd be in war. You were in war. And this, this is us. This is us. Because we're citizens, right? We're citizens by our baptism. We're citizens, we're sons and daughters of God, and so we are born into a war. Some of you might be Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah, a couple of you here. All right, born into a war, all of Middle Earth. There was a war happening, and even the little hobbits in the Shire, they escaped it for a while, but, but there was a war that they were born into, and some had the courage to go and face it, but at the very end, the war comes to the Shire, too. Like, there's no escaping it. Or the Matrix. Yes. Okay, yes. A couple Matrix people. Um, Sunday night, if you guys want to watch the Matrix, I recommend the first one. I, I can't vouch for the other ones, but the first one is onto some truth. Onto some, some truth of being born into a reality and given a choice. You know, give you a sneak peek. There's a blue pill and a red pill. And you have to choose one. Um, and you can't choose both, because there's no neutral ground in this war. Um, great. So we're citizens. We're born into this war. But right, it, sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Do you feel like you're in war? Yeah. <laughs> He feels like he's in war all the time. He's, he's a fighting spirit. Do you believe it? Do you, yeah. What do you want to say? Yeah. Um, all right. Do you guys hear that? Um, but do, do we believe it, you know? Maybe we believe it a little bit. I'm going to blast through some scripture here and some quotes of saints. Don't try and write them all down. That's not the point. Just, this is the picture of the battle we're in. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. 1 Peter 4.12 Fight the good fight. 1 Timothy 6.12 Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required through all, all the brethren. First Peter 5, 
Matthew 26, 53. Are you not aware that I can call my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this realm. Satan wishes to sift you all like wheat. So Jesus says to the disciples, but I have prayed for you. First Thessalonians, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise, and those who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord. So they will always be with the Lord. And the dragon was enraged at the woman and went to make war with the rest of her and her children who kept the commandments of God, who hold the testimony of Jesus. And that dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Revelation 12. Isaiah 12, 14 through 20. Um, this is, uh, many of the church fathers believe that this is speaking of um, the devil as well as this particular king. How have you fallen from heaven, O shining one, son of dawn? How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? You said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mountain of the assembly of the far north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Yet you will be brought down to shale, to the depths of the pit. For God created man incorruptible, wisdom 2.23. And to the image of his own likeness he made him, but by the envy of the devil, death came into the world and they who follow him are on his side. This is from the Catechism in Lateran Council 4. Behind the disobedient choice of the first parents lurks a seductive voice opposed to God, which makes them fall into death out of envy. Scripture and church's tradition see in this being a fallen angel called Satan or the devil. The church teaches that Satan was at, one, at first a good angel made by God, the devil and other demons were indeed created naturally good by God, but they became evil by their own doing. These are St. Padre Pio. Um, if certain thoughts bother you, it's the devil who causes you to worry, and not God, who being the spirit of peace grants you tranquility. Temptations against faith and purity are works of the devil, but do not fear him, only despise him. St. Padre Pio again. St. Francis de Sales, temptations are like soap that when spread over a cloth seem to stain it, but in reality purifies it. The more we see that any action springs not from the motive of obedience, the more evident it is that it is a temptation of the enemy. For when God sends an inspiration, the very first effect of it is to infuse a spirit of docility. St. Teresa of Avila. Above all, we must especially be alert against the beginnings of temptation, for the enemy is more easily conquered as if he is refused admittance to the mind and is met beyond the threshold when he knocks. Do not bargain with any temptation. Lock yourself immediately in my heart, says Jesus, and at first opportunity, reveal the temptations to your confessor. Do not fear the struggle. Courage itself often imitates temptation, intimidates temptations, and they dare not attack us. St. Faustina. Satan stations more devils on monastery walls than the dens of inquiry, for the later offer no resistance. Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Just as the commander of an army pitches his camp, studies the strength and defense of a fortress, and then attacks on its weakest side, in like manner the enemy of our human nature studies all sides, our theology, cardinal and moral virtues, 
Whenever he finds us weakest and most needed regarding our eternal salvation, he attacks and tries to take us by storm. St. Ignatius of Viola. Our enemy, the devil, who fights us in order to vanquish us, sees to disunite us in our houses and breeds quarrels, dislikes, consents, and rivalries. Because while we are fighting each other, he comes and conquers us and makes us more securely his own. St. Philip of Nearly. Finally, draw strength from the Lord. Draw strength from our Lord. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6, 12. Okay, that was a lot, right? But I wanted to paint a picture. I want to paint a picture that the, the church, the scripture, um, the saints tell of this story, this conflict, this two kingdoms. And we have an enemy, and, and the enemy is, is personal, and, and the struggle is personal, you know? So maybe we believe, right? Maybe we believe that there's two kingdoms, you know, that there's a reality that we don't see. Um, but we're just a bunch of college students, you know? <laughs> like, you've probably lived your whole life not really taking much into account this, this reality. Like, it hasn't really felt like, at times, there's this struggle between two kingdoms that hasn't really felt like you have an enemy. Um, so it doesn't matter, you know? Maybe you believe, you know, but does it matter? Does it matter, and how much? How much does it matter? Um, I'm not a detail-oriented person. This is important information because every year when I do my taxes, I think I probably messed it up. And one year, I remember exactly where I was. I like, got this voicemail, and I listened to it, and the IRS was coming after me. And I knew it. I knew it. I was, shoot, I messed up. And they needed my information, and I was starting to panic, right? Like, oh, I did it. I was like, can you go to jail for this? Um, I, I don't have money. Like, how much money in back taxes do I even have? Like, will I be accused of fraud? Uh, so I called my dad, and he's like, the IRS doesn't leave you voicemails. And I was like, oh. It did seem a little suspicious now that I thought of it. He's like, yeah, that's a spam call. I was like, oh. So did it matter? It mattered to me that there was someone coming after me, wanting my information, and I would have been a lot better off if I had been prepared, you know? Um, so it, it matters. It matters if we have an enemy. It matters that we know there's someone coming after us, that we it matters that we know that we're in a battle, that we're in a war. Um, and it matters. And it matters for, your, for our long-term Christian maturity, right? Maybe you can make a choice for Christ once or twice or a couple times, but we're here in formation because we want to be formed into, into the full stature of Christ. We want to come into our full Christian maturity, and in order to do that, we need to know what we're dealing with. We need to know so that we can choose, so that we cannot be 
deceived. Um, so then the question is, is will you put on the armor of God and fight? You know, will you put on the armor of God and fight? Because back to our story, we're not helpless victims in this war, right? Back to our story, Christ came and Christ lived and died and rose again and gained the victory for us. So we are in a conflict where it's already won, right? It's already won. It's already won. And all we have to do is stay in the fight. All we have to do is stay in the fight. Christ did the living and the dying and the fighting for us. You know? And it matters. It matters. This means something. This means victory over sin and over death. And we have a choice. And we can either just say, I don't, I don't know. I'm fine, right? I, I'm, I'm good. And you can do that when it comes to moral codes. You can do that when it comes to principles. You can be neutral. You know, you can be on a scale. But when it comes to kingdoms, God choose. Because if you're not in one, you're in the other. When it comes to, to persons, there is no neutral ground. But we're not helpless victims. We are called to be co-heirs of the kingdom of God. You know? Or we can be co-heirs of a rebellion against God. Colossians 1.13, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people of the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the domination of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption in the fullness of sins. James 4.7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Romans 8, 36, 39, who should separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, and all of these things are more than conquerors for, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has the victory. Let's say it together. Christ has the victory. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is within you is greater than the one who is in the world. So Christ is one. But now we must fight. Back to World War II. D-Day was a turning point in the war. But there was fighting to happen after that. There was fighting to happen after that. And not, not only for ourselves, you know, not only for our own holiness, because our holiness is not for our own sake. We're part of a kingdom. We are part of the kingdom of God, and we fight for others as well. And our surrender to God allows for more victory, more of his victory to become incarnate in the world. So do you believe? Lord, help our unbelief. Does it matter? How much does it matter? How much does your soul matter? How much... Does the souls of those around you matter? This is not a coasting matter. You know, this is not a neutral ground. This is not a stand back matter. But how much does it matter? 
Are you willing to give everything? Maybe not now, and that's okay. Lord, open our eyes to see. And Lord, give us courage. We cannot be neutral about kingdoms. We need to expect to fight. You know? We're doing, by our baptism, we're doing a kingdom transfer. We're doing a kingdom transfer. And by our baptism, we are armed with tactics. Father Mike Schmidt says, if you're a baptized Christian, the only thing the devil can do to you is scare you, tempt you, or discourage you. That's hopeful news. <laughs> so we can stand fast, right? We can fight. And, and maybe this fighting image seems a little like, ooh, isn't God the Prince of Peace? Yes, but peace does not mean the absence of conflict. Christ is the Prince of Peace, and absolutely, 100%, when it comes to me and you, when it comes to myself, no violence against myself, no violence against you, no fighting or conflicts against myself, no fighting or conflicts against you. But when it comes to the evil one, when it comes to principalities and powers of darkness and the kingdom of darkness, you better believe we're going to fight, and you better believe that Christ wants us to fight and has already fought and has already won, but he... We need to follow him, right? He showed us how to win. And we, we keep getting back into the power struggle, right? We think it's a power struggle. And Christ said, no, it's not. It's not about a power struggle. It's all backwards with Christ. It's all upside down. It's by death that you get life. It's by humility that we fight. It's by standing firm that we win. We need to fight as Christ fights. He showed us the way, and he did the fighting and our dying. So we need to stand firm. We, it's not up to us to crush the other kingdom. It's up to us to stand firm, to arm ourselves. Right? And we need to choose. We need to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. I am part of God's kingdom. You alone have the words of eternal life. You know? And this is a choice we can choose now, and we can choose every day. Of our life, resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In all these things, we are more than conquerors for him who loves us. Yeah. And this is just a prologue, right? This is just a prologue. Hey, we're in two kingdoms. It matters. We're here. And the rest of this weekend, we're going to dive into what that means. So I have no next steps for you. I have no action items. I have no takeaways except let us pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to you, to your love, to your goodness, to your truth. Lord, open our eyes to the salvation you have won for us, for your victory over sin and death, your faithfulness, your victory in my own heart and my own life. Open our eyes that we may not be asleep. Open our eyes that we can hear and discern what is not of you, that we can hear and discern what is you, that we can turn away that we cannot be deceived, that we cannot be lied to and believe the lies. We offer you our wills and surrender to you, our minds in union with you. We commit our hearts to you. Thank you that you fight for us. Thank you that you died for us, that you do the dying for us. Thank you that you have not made us your enemy. Thank you that you have not abandoned us, that you show us the way, that you are the way. Thank you that your mercy takes us back and guides us. Open our eyes to see you, to see you the way, the truth, and the life. In the name of Jesus, amen.